Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sheer Creativity Podcast, the podcast about creatives for creatives. And I'm not gonna lie, today is kind of a heavier episode with a a heavier subject matter, but I felt like it was imperative to talk about it. And to start us off, I want to read you guys a poem. This poem is the first poem that I've ever published in a literary magazine. And this poem is called In Remembrance of Black Love. And I wrote it after George Floyd was murdered in 2020. This isn't the first piece that I've written that is centered around police brutality, but this is my first publication that I ever got paid for as a poet. And I wanted to share it to start us off today. Now, trigger warning, I will be talking about death in this poem, but here is In Remembrance of Black Love. You move like ocean tides, graceful yet immersive, flowing between living and dying. I float within your sea, and I will continue to drift even if you're gone, even when you are gone. I refuse to breathe until you get home, until I hear you drop your keys at the front door like you always do, and I hear the stairs slightly creak under your weight. You hang your coat, along with the fears you have subconsciously carried all day. You lie in my arms, and I will shield you from the trouble surrounding you. In my mind, I strap a bulletproof vest to your chest, an extra layer to protect my sanity. We fight against fear disguised as normalcy. I prepare myself for that fatal phone call of long nights wishing you could come home and laugh again. It repeats daily, weekly, and monthly as the news carefully dictates your narrative, judges your past and your present, and I am all that remains of your future. I am forced to love differently, to know my love as a passenger who may never reach his destination. Love is not bliss, it is risk. We dream of forever, but blue lights steal your humanity. We never know the unconditional power of I love you until it's stripped from our vocabulary. Black love is endearing, engaging in life with a high probability of injury. The fantasy that we could survive while everything exists to destroy us. Black women grieve the souls of our men, conjuring their ghosts just to remember their smile. Our love story exists in multiple translations, beyond the finality of the grave. I stand for you in front of cameras, in white, clueless gazes. The courage of a black woman becomes a target for residents hidden between white sheets. Someone grieve for the melanin queen. Black lost lives will not be confined to black body bags. An entire existence is not wiped away without resistance. Killers will never know freedom. 
Instead, they'll see you in my eyes. Your melanin and my melanin. We're connected in death and the cruelty of life. When I wake in the middle of the night, I turn to watch you breathe, holding on to your exhales, swimming in your sea. Preserve the breath of my brothers and sisters. We are screaming we can't breathe. The noose will not be the end of our quest. Black death will be acknowledged. When melanin kisses are threatened by gunshot wounds, I speak for the dead. I will tell our love story, haunted by the bullet. I had an entirely different topic to talk about for today's episode. But I wanted to talk a little bit about creativity as activism, mainly because of the Tennessee Three. If you don't know who the Tennessee Three are, I'm specifically talking about the Democratic lawmakers in the House of Representatives from Tennessee who protested against gun violence at the Tennessee State Capitol. And two of those lawmakers have been expelled from the House. And I didn't know expulsion from the House or the Senate is not a new thing. It's happened over the course of American society, mostly to Black leaders, in a way to silence our voices. So in the wake of the Nashville school shooting, two Democratic lawmakers, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, joined the protests, along with another Democratic lawmaker. Her name was Gloria Johnson. And she still keeps her job today. I imagine I don't have to explain to you why this woman still holds her seat. Justin Jones and Justin Pearson are both young Black men. And Gloria Johnson is an older white woman. And even Gloria herself said it may have something to do with their skin color. And the reason why I diverted from what I was going to talk about today to talk about this is because I listened to Justin Jones's speech that he gave before being expelled from the House of Representatives. And he's such an eloquent speaker. It was very poetic. It had a, a very poetic quality to it. And it was so powerful how they were able to articulate and really turn the words that their colleagues who expelled them used against them. There's another speech that Justin Pearson did where a Republican lawmaker had asked him a question of why he believed that he was quote-unquote, in the well. And Justin Pearson responded, I am in the well today because I have chosen to speak truth to power, essentially. And he carried on within this metaphor. And they both so eloquently spoke to these people who have mistreated them in this poetic way, which made me think, about all the ways that I myself have used creativity as activism and how exhausting that can be, but how necessary it is as well. Activism isn't new to these men. They were already angry at Justin Pearson for wanting to be sworn in in a dashiki. And Justin Jones 
had protested in a sit-in for 62 days after George Floyd was murdered. These men are not new to activism. And it's so refreshing. I think often there's this, this thick veil between politicians and civilians in a way where so many people say that they run on all of these promises and as soon as they get into office they neglect everything and go back on everything that they said they were going to do so it was refreshing to see three people step out from behind the veil get into the thick of what's important to us as a people and to see them be expelled from that, it's very disheartening and felt like a slap in the face to what democracy is supposed to be, in my opinion. And I started to think about how it feels as creatives to be disheartened by what we see in the world because our, our work is deeply affected by our world. As creatives, our work is deeply affected by the time period that we're living in, by circumstances, both individual and on a national scale. And in my experience of writing about issues that are important to me, issues that exist within the Black community, issues within womanhood, or anything else that's important to me as a creator, I can get exhausted a feeling like I'm trying to make a difference and the world is not changing. And I'm out of control of that. You know, if COVID taught us anything, we are not in control of much. <laughs> and the little that we try to do in order to be activists, in order to protest, in order to speak our minds and to not be silenced, it feels like nothing is happening sometimes. Children are still dying in preventable, very preventable situations because of gun violence. Black men and women are still being gunned down by police. And it seems like my contribution isn't enough. So I wanted to take a moment to talk to all of you who are writing, photographing, work with me, that's a word. <laughs> um, Whatever you're doing to make a difference in the world, that your contribution is worth it. And I also want to leave you with a few things to think about when you're using creativity as your form of, of activism. And trust me, one thing that I really dislike about podcasts sometimes, with certain podcasts, I guess, is that people often feel like they are experts on things when they really don't know <laughs> much about what they're talking about. So I don't, I don't posture myself to be an expert. I don't posture myself to know everything that I need to know about the world. This is all alleged. <laughs> I'm just telling you what is working for me in this current time. And there are things that I'm still trying to reconcile and I'm still trying to understand that I'm still trying to work through in my mind as I live in this very problematic country. And hopefully you'll know that you're not the only one that's struggling. 
you're not the only one that's grappling with the things that are happening. But my hope is that you don't get weary in your well-doing. Or worse, become a cynic in your creations. So, the first thing I'd say really is unplug. My phone is my greatest asset and my worst enemy. I make sure that my algorithm is set to see things that empower me. You know, I feel like we give so many things access. And I can't take that in all day, every day. And I feel like there's one thing to be ignorant of things that are going on, which isn't beneficial, but it's one thing to be selective and to have boundaries and to protect mental health when you need to. So my first thing is unplug. My second thing is to unwind to get with people who encourage you, to get with people who see the work that you're doing and really empower you to keep going, for like-minded people who push you to be your best, but also make sure you rest when you're at your worst. And my third thing is uncover. In the chaos of life, I'd really like you to challenge yourself to see the beauty. There's a lot we could complain about. There's a lot that's wrong. There's a lot that's unfair and unjust. But there is a lot of beauty. One of my favorite poets is Tiana Clark. Um, her chapbook is called Equilibrium. And it is phenomenal. And she tackles issues of waste so amazingly in that book but I bring her up because she wrote an essay that I read that was published in Poets and Writers which is a nonprofit organization for creative writers and she wrote this essay after George Floyd's murder I'll read you an excerpt from this work and I'll put a link in the show notes if you'd like to read the whole thing but there's this one piece of the essay that I really feel is necessary to share. And this essay was written in 2020. So we're still in the throes of the pandemic. And that's what she's talking about in this paragraph that I'm about to read. She's talking about the impact of the pandemic on her. And then what happens once George Floyd happens. And here's what she says. I started bucking against the notion that my self-worth was tied to my productivity and value in the marketplace. I told myself it was okay to do nothing. Editors were reaching out for hot takes, but I didn't have anything new to say in the shock of the moment as it was unfolding before us. Then the brutal murder of George Floyd happened. I still haven't watched the video. Afterward, it felt like there was this pressure to solicit black pain from black writers. I even got questions during virtual readings from moderators or attendees trying to blood my trauma. I still get the same questions now. 
Instead, I decided to respond with black joy and pleasure. I read poems about sex and longing and desire. There is enough written about black suffering, and also never enough. But as much as white people hear about black pain, I think it's more important that white people investigate and revel in black delight, black romance, black blessings, black science fiction, black magic, and beyond in equal or greater measure. Please don't confuse this response with complacency. If you are familiar with my work, then you know I've been doing the work from the jump. I've written and grieved the black body in my own black body through elegy and political imagery ad nauseum. But the problem with elegy is that it asks the dead to live, writes Cameron Awkward Rich. It calls them back, and who am I to say rise? Y'all, that was powerful to me. That part of the essay really spoke to me because I feel like it's important to present the beauty that exists in life. And so that's the approach that I'm taking as well. More than anything, I feel like creativity is activism when we're speaking about the less than favorable things, but also when we speak about the joy, but also when we speak about the resilience but also when we speak about the power that comes from voicing your opinion, the power that comes from not feeling silenced. I think when I think about the Tennessee Three, I don't think they would have done anything differently. I think about how alive they must have been joining the crowd and fighting for this very essential cause. And I want to feel that alive when I create. This podcast episode isn't going to be long. I just wanted to share a few thoughts, but I say when you're creating, make sure that you feel alive. When you're creating as activism, make sure you care for yourself. Make sure you're kind to yourself. I'm really keeping all of you guys in my thoughts at this time because it feels very heavy. So this week, I want you to focus on the joy because there is beauty and creativity that we want to see as well. Well, guys. Make sure you're following Sheer Creativity on Instagram at Sheer Creativity and subscribe to my newsletter for poems for National Poetry Month. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>